When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. He's Anthony Pusick. And the holidays are all over. We're back to normal. Almost halfway through the regular season of the NHL. And Monday means EJ Raddick from the NHL Network. But I just want to take a second to just applaud the effort that you and Dave Starman did for World Juniors as oh, Team USA you. captures gold. So, great job, buddy. Applause. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, listen, those kids did a great job in USA Hockey and the coaching staff and everybody did, you know, they went over there and, and they got they got the job done. Those tournaments are tricky. I mean, the best team on paper doesn't always win. Uh, there's, uh, you know, they went through a lot. They had some illness that went through their kind of group a little bit. Some guys had to miss games, but... Uh, Found ways, they found ways to get it done in the big moments. So uh, congratulations to them. And I was I was really fortunate to get to do it. It was kind of like I I said to someone, it was kind of a thrill of a lifetime for me to call, yeah. you know, a U.S. gold medal victory. Um, so, I mean, you know, Don, you know how that, those, being able to be a part of those type of moments is, is special. So it was great. Dave uh, Starman was, was terrific. I'd known Dave for many, many years. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had a great time. No, so congratulations. It was good, and congratulations to Thank Team you. USA. I know a lot of Ranger fans are excited about uh, a couple of players there, and, and, and certainly a lot of mm-hmm. players around the National Hockey League we'll be seeing very soon from there. Uh, so let, 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 let's dive in with both feet. And, and I, I didn't even talk to Anthony about this to get his opinion on it, but uh, Connor Bedard gets hit by Brendan Smith. I, I thought perfectly yeah. legal hit. Um, but people are apoplectic. I get I get Blackhawk fans. Of course, they're going to see it with uh, a jaundice eye. I, I understand that. But um, this whole idea of you can't touch the stars and we're all losers because of that. who's Brendan Smith? I, come on, it, it's it's a hockey play. I, it sucks that he broke his jaw. It sucks that he's on IR. But I did you have a problem with the head? No, not really. I just other than to be to be disappointed and sad that we're going to be without. Connor Bedard for a while. He's fun oh, yeah. to watch, but you know, no, I don't. You know, he just came in. He had his, he had his uh, head down for a second. Brendan stepped up on him and made contact, and unfortunately, you know, went bad for and uh, went bad for for Connor. So hopefully, he's going to recover and be back as soon as he can. I think the first year that uh, that uh, Connor McDavid played in the league, I believe he got hurt. It broke his collarbone in the middle of the season and missed time. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, these things happen and it's unfortunate. I mean, Connor Bedard has been kind of a highlight real guy already in his career. And I uh, had the good fortune of calling a couple of his games and that was fun. And, you know, the league, the league always misses great players when they're out. And he's certainly someone that's created a lot of stir and a lot of attention this year. So, uh, we'll miss him, but uh, hopefully he can get back in the lineup at some point And, uh, you know, we go on, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't think. Uh, you know, I just thought it was an unfortunate play for uh, Bedard. 
Yeah, it's a tough game. Hockey's tough. And, yeah, I thought it was a clean hit as well. And, of course, uh, naturally, the way this game goes, uh, everybody mocked the quote-unquote worst lineup in NHL history that the Blackhawks had to run out going 11-7 and with names that, uh, of course, you and, and Don know, but even I had to look up some of the names that they trotted out there on their third and fourth lines. And they went out last night and they beat the Flames 4-3. to So, that's hockey for you. Yeah, yeah, that is hockey for you for sure. I mean, uh, one thing that's flown under the radar – maybe a little bit for Chicago this year, is that Peter Morazic has played very, very well yeah. for the Hawks this year and given them a chance to win on most nights. And uh, they don't, they have a lot of, they've had a lot of injuries, as we know, and they've had a lot of uh, guys on the blue line that are young players or inexperienced guys. And, you know, I give, you know, full marks to Peter Morazic. He's been terrific on the, on the nights that he's been in net for Chicago this year. All right, just your thoughts. I guess they're putting the finishing touches. Toronto on a contract for Willie Nylander. Eight-year contract, 11.5 per. Well, I mean, this is what happens when you get to potential uh, unrestricted free agency, right? I mean, the team has to make a decision if they're going to pay or if they're going to let you go. And, you know, the the, uh, the Leafs want to keep Willie Nylander, who has been just lights out right from the start of the year, good, and... You know, he's part of their core group of four or five guys there. Um, I think, you know, the cap is going to go up next year, so that gives him a little relief. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to carry, you know, four players that are making the kind of money that, I know. Uh, you know, Nylander and, and Marner and Matthews and Tavares are, are making. So, I mean, I think last year was the first time that we had a team win the Stanley Cup with a player making having a you know, $10 million or more salary. So that's one player, more or less four, on the same team. So it just limits them in, in other things they can do. And it goes back all the way to when they signed John Tavares, you know, years ago as a free agent. It just To me, it didn't make sense from the standpoint, is that what they need? I mean, they had three really talented young players under, the, under their control, um, you know, with Matthews, Marner, and Nylander. Uh, at that time, and you know they could have helped build that defense with that money, or you know maybe uh, work on building uh, the goaltending. And they've chosen not to do that. And uh, you know so they've had an entertaining team, a team that has done very well in the regular season, but a team that has won one playoff series. You know in the last uh, you know er- in this era that started, I guess when they started the rebuild and Matthews came aboard. So good for Willie Nylander. He's a terrific player. But, you know, the cap is going up a little. It's not going up uh, $30 million, so there's mm. not going to be a ton of room, and they're going to have to hope that they can find, uh, you know, draft and develop young defense, and they can come in and play for them and be effective players for them right away, which is really difficult to do. The Capitals are an interesting team for me, EJ. They beat the Kings last night 4-3, to and now they have Max Pacioretty back. They're tied with the Devils and the Red Wings, at least in points. Uh, for that last wild card spot, is Pacioretty going to be enough, and Ovechkin kind of finding his goal scoring groove again to make some noise and possibly make the, the playoffs after a rough start to the season? Well, Pacioretty should help them if he's you know he hasn't played very much in two years, right? I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the tape when he was talking about it after the game yesterday in the locker room. They released the locker room video. Yeah, he's pretty emotional Coach, about uh, it, Carberry. Yeah, I mean, and it's, uh, I would think he would be, right? I mean, he's put a lot of time into trying to rehab over two years. He came back last year briefly, got hurt again. Um, Should have went so, to Rogers, doctor. You know, he, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he would have been back in 20 minutes, I guess. Yeah, there, but I mean, but he, uh, 
I mean, he'll help. He should help if he's if he is um, you know fully healthy, and you know he's got to get up to speed. So I guess we'll see over time how that works out. I mean, guys come back sometimes, and they're you know we saw that with Nicholas Backstrom. He had a different procedure, obviously, and he was a different stage of his career. But you know he's not playing right now, so he should help. I mean, the fact that you know they certainly benefit by Ovechkin being more productive. I mean, it's been surprising to, to the level of which that he has dropped off this year. So I think there's still room to believe that he's going to kind of find his scoring touch a little bit in the second half. But, you know, I give them credit. They've hung around. They've hung in there. They've been, you know, when they they find ways to win close games and, uh, you know, they find, you know, whether it's Lindgren or, or – um, you know, Kemper and Gold, those guys seem to be giving them a chance to win. And, you know, they've got something. There is a little something there. You just like I said, when you listen to Carberry speak, he's a, a talented young coach in his first job. And he seems to be, you know, keeping this team afloat right now. They're, they're doing definitely, they are definitely better than I thought they were going to be this year. But it's it's kind of interesting to watch them because they find ways to win close games. They hang around. They get contributions from different people. So, I mean, I would suspect that they're going to be in the mix you know, for the rest of the year in that battle for with about five or six teams for about two spots. Mm. So I, I don't think, at this point, I don't see any reason to believe they're going to be going away from that, but it's not going to be easy because there's a, you know, we're about halfway through the season now, right? I mean, and um, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of teams that are all tight to those spots. Now, Anthony, I don't know if knows this story, EJ, but uh, as we bring up the Winnipeg Jets, who right now technically are the best team in the National Hockey League, um, yeah. my affection for them, um, I, mean, I had family there, that's one story. But the other story that I don't think Anthony knows is that EJ and I did NHL Live, and we did, a, we did a lot of work, EJ, very extensive, and we did a show at the end of the season in which we passed out awards. And we actually had yeah. an award for Best Assistant General Manager. And we gave it to Kevin Sheveldayoff, who was the uh, assistant general manager in Chicago. And we gave it to him. And I think we even had him on, if I'm not mistaken. He came on. I believe and, he came on the show. Yeah, because these they, Anthony, they actually accepted the awards on the show. It was That's really awesome. V- very high. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had like high best. End. High end. Yeah. <laughs> what did we have? Like, you know, best name in the NHL. It was, um, um, what was the coach? It was, it was the coach in St. Louis, Payne. Davis Payne, yeah, Davis Payne. <laughs> and he came yeah. on to accept the Davis award Payne. like really just high-end yeah. stuff and um yeah. so EJ and I are in Philadelphia game six Stanley Cup final 2010 between the Blackhawks and the Flyers and the the Blackhawks win on that crazy Patrick Kane goal and we're on the ice me EJ Dan Gross is there and Kevin came yeah. over to, to like shake our hand. Remember EJ, and it was like really a cool moment, yeah. you know, and to be kind yeah. of part of the celebration, or whatever. So, I, I, I'm 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 rooting for the for the Jets, and I'm rooting for him, and 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 I'm really happy for him. Um, but yeah. all, well, all it that, was that said, prestigious honor. It was that <laughs> honor that propelled him to get the job in Winnipeg. Right. Exactly. 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 I feel that we were somewhat responsible for that uh, elevation. Somewhat. <laughs> Somewhat responsible. I, I do know that he's a friend. I remember that from. Uh, from right. Certain, so when they if, if they win the cup this year, EJ, I hope I hope uh, we'll be part of the acceptance speech. But anyway, um, well, I would hope we maybe get our name on the cup. I uh, you know what? It's, it, it, at least uh, you know part of the documentary and everything that, that we should um, 
Of course. Maybe there's yeah. footage of, of the of us shaking hands with them on the ice in Philadelphia. <laughs> but um, but in all seriousness, and we, we were talking about this yeah. on Friday. I mean, they're loaded with a lot of young talent too, and this is a team that usually does not make big moves and, and kind of hold on to their prospects and uh, what is it Rutger McCourty is 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 ready and and all that but I just wonder how they attack this because uh, again they're still having some problems with the, with attendance although it's certainly getting better but you know because it's not an attractive place for free agents to go and and you want to do the slow burn but at the same time if this is real I mean I how aggressive do you think Winnipeg is going to be and how real do you think this run is right now well, I mean, they have good players in their group, and they re-signed, you know, some key guys there, and they were, they shuffled the deck of their of their roster last year, and and moved, you know, they they went decided to move on from, you know, a longtime captain there, and some other pieces to the puzzle, and uh, you know, I don't know, I, I like their group, and think about it, right now they've been playing really well, and they're missing Kyle Connor, who's hurt and out of the mix, right? So, um, I think the trade they made with LA ended up really benefiting them. I mean, Alex Iafalo has been a really good player for them. Yeah, Gabriel Velarde, he, he missed some time with injury, but he's been a helpful player for them. They've got like a deep roster. Their group of defensemen is pretty good. Their goal is pretty excellent. Uh, you know, the coach has, has been a really good coach in the league for a long time, understands, you know, what it takes to win. I mean, I like their team. I remember going down to Florida last year and uh, – they were playing the Florida Panthers. It was around the GM's meetings and talking to Randy Moeller, who does the games for the Panthers as the color analyst. And, you know, he said, you know, I've seen this team twice this year. He goes, why aren't they better? They're, they just have a lot of good players. Right. And, you know, maybe a part of it was just things that were going on behind the scenes and maybe the mix wasn't right. You know, um, you know, sometimes it's kind of a hard thing to grab onto the chemistry within a group, the mix of the players on the team. But, you know, they've, they've played very, very well this year. And, you know, Adam Lowry's the captain now. And, um, you know, you got to give them credit. I mean, we're halfway through the season. They're they're sitting where they're sitting. Um, if they can continue to play well and create a situation for themselves where they win the division and let Colorado and Dallas play each other in the first round, I mean, obviously any playoff series in this league is not easy, so they would still have to take care of their own business. But that would, I think, be would create a beneficial path for them moving forward. So um, it's got, they've got a good group right now. And you're right, Rutger McGrady, who was at, uh, at Michigan, played very well for Team USA. He had come back from an injury and hadn't even played. They weren't even sure if he was going to be able to play in the tournament. He came back and played very well. Um, you know, he's somebody that, you know, maybe at the end of the college season decides to make the jump. Not, for, not 100% sure if he's going to do that or not. It was a first-round pick in 22. They got some other interesting prospects that are that are kind of bubbling close to the surface so uh you know i give them a lot of credit i don't think it's um you know i don't i don't i don't know if i expect them to be the best team in the league by the end of the year points wise but i think this is going to be a team that they can stay relatively healthy that's going to continue to give people trouble night after night after night so uh it's a pretty good roster there Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
EJ, Don and I debated this a lot. It was the Chris Kreider goal in the Ranger Blackhawk game that was not called a distinct kicking motion, and I didn't believe it was, but given the way Toronto usually handles Rangers uh, 50-50 goals, I figured it was going to get called back. Um, And we had a question from somebody on Twitter that was talking about what we do about the kicking motion debate and whether or not we just get rid of the idea of pucks going off skates counting at all. I think that is a little too extreme. Um, I don't know if you, I know you were very busy with World Juniors. I'm not sure if you saw the play, um, but I don't yeah. know what we can do about it. Because somebody said, "Well, what happens if you win on a game uh, in the Stanley Cup on a goal like that?" Well, if it's in the rules, it should count, right? So I don't know if yeah. we can kind of get rid of that, especially with how quick this game is. Like to say that any puck, any puck that goes off of a skate is going to be nullified, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, no, I'm not for that at all. I mean, and some people have said, "Hey, listen." Should be anything. If you kick it in, you kick it in. Should be fine. That's that's been the other end of that spectrum. My only concern about that is that you know if you have guys swinging their skate blades around, exactly. trying to kick pucks in the net when there are people on, you know, because people are down on the ice. I mean, that could be dangerous. So I think we're in a, I think we're in this middle ground. I don't think we want to, you know, I don't think we want to do Anthony what the 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 listener, the caller suggested. The you know that anything off the skate. I don't think we're, we're going there, but I don't think uh, we're quite ready for just everybody just trying to kick pucks in all the time. No, so I think we're kind of in this middle ground and, you know, I think we have to deal with it as it comes. I mean, some of these, you know, there was one that took place Edmonton and Calgary a couple of years ago in the playoffs. It was Blake Coleman as he was driving to the net and a puck went off his skate. And, you know, I thought for sure that was going to count. And then for some reason, you know, Toronto decided that it was, uh, you know, that he had kicked at it. And so I, I found that one hard to believe. But, right. you know, well, most of the time I, I think they come to the right the right decision. But it isn't, it isn't easy. And it, everyone is a little different. Yeah, the, the problem I have with it, EJ, and, I, and listen, I'd rather not allow any of them than to all of a sudden guys making it soccer. I, I don't want to see that. Yeah. It was the choice between yeah. the two. I'd rather just not allow any of them to go off a skate. Now I don't know because you you were doing you know you were busy with World Juniors and everything. I yeah. I looked. I don't know. You saw the replay of the Crider. He knew what he was doing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because he didn't celebrate yeah, it but, after but he scored. He angle, but he didn't he like angle his foot in that particular case. I mean, I did see that. I actually was. I did see that one. I was watching that game and I saw that happen. But I don't recall. You know, I, and you're right. He kind of smiled. Right. On the celebration, but it did. It seemed to me that he just angled his foot. But again, you you guys seem to have a clearer memory of it than I do. Um, well, I there was no distinct to... kicking. I guess the point is there was no distinct kicking motion. But I could still make the yeah. claim that he knew exactly what yeah. he was doing. Now, if you want to tip your cap yeah, to him and yeah. say, "Good job, hey, that's a good pure goal scorer," kind of knows the rule and was able to work around it. But in the spirit of it, I, I guess my issue overall with any replay same thing with goaltender interference now you're starting to get yeah. into opinion it's not is he offside or onside did the puck cross the line that's black and white but this getting into yeah. was there a distinct kicking motion because they could have had somebody else look at it and say yeah i think he kind of 
that's a distinct kicking motion to me that he was able to turn his skate and knew what he was doing so I'm going to disallow the goal and to Anthony's point do you really want it to be subjective on what could be the biggest goal of the season so um, I'd like to see it get cleaned up a little bit I think distinct kicking motions in the eye of the beholder and when you start getting into that with replay then I think it gets a little dicey yeah I do think though turning your skate and directing the puck with your skate and keeping your skate on the ice is different than swinging your foot back and kicking a loose puck into the net so I mean, I, I, I don't have a problem with guys directing, you know, turning their skate to have a puck carom off their skate into the net. I don't have a problem with that. But, you know, again, the GMs will talk about these things as they always do. If they feel it's an issue, they'll try to make some change to it. But I think we're going to be into a tough spot if everything that hits the skate goes in the net is no goal because we're going to lose a lot of goals. How, how in trouble would you categorize uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning right now? Well, they're halfway through the season, right? And, uh, you know, they're out of a playoff spot. So, I mean, that's that's problematic. Now, they got through the first part of the year without their goalie. That was, you know, a big topic of conversation. And they actually, they started off okay. Uh, they had some, you know, ups and downs. And it's, it's been a struggle this year. They haven't been able to do much. You know, it's been a struggle really on the road. They've been better at home. But they're in that group of teams. We were just talking about the Washington Capitals before. As I look at it here, you got Pittsburgh with 42 points. And then you have uh, Toronto. With, you know, I'll go as high as Toronto with 47. And, I mean, there's a bunch of teams in there. I mean, there's, you know, Pittsburgh at 42, Tampa at 43, Detroit at 44, Washington at 44, Islanders at 46, Devils at 44, Flyers at 46. I mean, that's a lot of teams for a handful of spots. So, yeah, I mean, I would say they are in trouble. They've played 41 games. They've played half the season. They've played more games than than most of the teams and all the teams that they're they're chasing right now. I mean, there are some teams that have played three fewer games. The Leafs have played uh, four fewer games. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, if they miss the playoffs, I won't be surprised um, just because the level of competition this year has been tough and – you know, they haven't been able to be consistently good the last 10 games. There it is, five and five, like a lot of teams. I mean, so uh, it's going to be a challenge in the second half. Can they make it? Absolutely. They've got the, the front end of their team is still terrific when you think about the goaltender and, and Kucherov and Point and Stamkos and uh, Hedman and that group. Great. The back end of their team, not as good. <laughs> it's much more of a, a struggle. And you know, this league is really, really competitive on a night-to-night basis. So, uh, you know, the reason they are where they are is because, you know, the top-end guys have played well. I mean, I, I, Kucherov has been lights out this year. You know, Point has been very good. Um, you know, so I, I think that there's, you know, if you think about Tampa Bay Lightning as the team we thought of, of you know, in the last several years, yeah, you, could, you think, yeah, this team is in trouble this year, but... They're not that team anymore. They're a team that's very, very top-heavy, and they'll be, I'm sure, eager to get to a situation next year where the cap goes up a little bit. Maybe they rearrange some of their their circumstances. I mean, Stephen Samkos' contract is up, right? Like, if he resigns, what's the term? What's the money? Is it as much as it was before? Does that give them a little bit of cap flexibility? So, you know, I think they're going to be in the mix to make the playoffs this year and if they get in the playoffs I think they'll be a challenging team to deal with but 
I certainly think they're no more than a 50-50 proposition right now based on what we've seen in the first half and the level of competition around them. EJ, how impressed have you been with what Chris Knobloch's managed to do with this Oilers team on a seven-game winning streak and now in a playoff spot where it looked like it was going to take a Herculean effort to get there? Now they are on, not even on the outside looking in. They are in a playoff spot if the season ended today. Yeah, I got to give them. You have to give them credit, right? Because they started off really poorly, and they're in a market where hockey is everything. I was there early in the year for the. Uh, for the uh, outdoor game, the Heritage Classic, and that's when the wheels had been falling off and McDavid was dealing with injury and Dreisaitl got off to a slow start and they didn't know what to do with Jack Campbell. And, you know, guys were just underachieving. And again, a top-heavy team where the top wasn't... Top guys were underperforming by their standards a little bit and they weren't getting anything from the bottom guys. And, uh, you know, they made some changes and, and Chris Knobloch has come in and he's been... A calming influence. He seems like a guy that, a little like David Call with Team USA at the World Juniors, he's uh, a guy that doesn't get rattled too much and uh, keeps a uh, not too high, not too low kind of approach. And I think um, you know that is something they needed there when everything around them was kind of like there were fire alarms going off around them in that in that marketplace. You know they had the. You know, they did what they thought they needed to do with Jack Campbell, sent him to the minors. They gave Stewart Skinner the job. Uh, McDavid got healthier. Dreisaitl kind of found his way. Eckholm, who had started the season, really was really dealing with injury and missed time in camp. He got healthy and, uh, you know, started to find his way. Hyman has been great this year for them. I mean, he's on a pace of like 40 or 50 goals this year, so he's been terrific for them. And it kind of settled them out a little bit, and uh, they got into a little bit of a rhythm, and, and now they've been playing – you know, they knew they had to play better. I mean, they knew that there was, you know, like like Tap we just talked about. I mean, there was they had to they had to go on a run, and because the numbers were against them. And they, I think they've had two seven game winning streaks under Knobloch so far. And you know, this is a team that the last couple of years has been very competitive and lost to the last two Stanley Cup champions in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm impressed. I mean, he's done a good job. But I mean, I think a lot of it is that. This, the, the players that were there have kind of re, you know, they've, they've become the players that we know them to be again. And for whatever reason, they weren't at the start of the season. And uh, so the coach deserves, you know, when things go well and you come in like that, you deserve credit. And they give management credit for making a tough decision to, uh, to go down that path. Well, I think there was a, a yo-yo on this podcast that said the West was locked up at the American Thanksgiving. And, uh, boy, I think I was that idiot. <laughs> Here's Edmonton. Uh, well, I might have, I might have been with you. I don't. I mean, like you know, things, things change. I mean, this is a crazy league now. I mean, it's so yeah. close on a night to night basis. Anthony brought it up at the top, right? I mean, nobody expected the Blackhawks with a, a really limited lineup to beat Calgary yesterday, and yet they do. I mean, it's just on a night to night basis. This league is tough. I mean, we've seen San Jose was terrible early in the year, and they're still a team that's at the bottom of the standings, but. You know they had they had a stretch where they were rallying games and beating teams that were but much further up the standings. I mean, on a night to night basis, it's hard to figure it's hard to figure out who's going to win. And that Calgary team is a mess. Yeah, no, they're they're they, they yeah. didn't get up. I mean, Edmonton, Alberta was a mess. Calgary hasn't been able to figure it out. Edmonton has, and and Seattle. This how how real is this? I mean, I know they went to the second round last year, but they got off to a slow start. But God, they're 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 on fire right now. Well, you show me a goal, good goalie, 
and I'll show you a team that's winning games. And Joey Decord has been red hot. His uh, save percentage, I think, is around 950 over the last month. And uh, that's the difference. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, that's the difference for a lot of teams. Joey Decord has been really good. You know, you can remember when Jordan Bennington went into St. Louis about five years ago now and halfway through the season and the St. Louis Blues got hot, ended up winning the Stanley Cup. They had a really good team around them, and then they got really good goaltending, and then everything began to happen for them. I'm not going to sit here and say that Seattle is as good as that St. Louis team because they're not. Right. But they were a 100-point team last year. Um, they have some good players within that group. They play a hard game, but when you're not getting goaltending, it's just everybody – Everybody's shoulders are slouched. Everybody is just, you know, it, it's hard to stay to stay focused and get positive momentum moving forward in the season. And now, you know, Joey DeCord has come in and played very well for them, and now all of a sudden they put some wins together and they've been rolling along. It's 8-0-2 in their last 10. They've won six in a row. And, it, you know, to me, it's all, that's all part of it. Now, they're going on a long road trip right now. I believe they start a six-game road trip coming up. Doesn't really determine things for them. Do I think they're going to just keep rolling and just be a, a team that's going to absolutely be in the playoffs 100%? No, I don't. I think it's going to be a challenge for them because, you know, there's other teams in that race that are that are trying to be in that same mix. But, uh, you know, if you, you give me a hot goalie, Donnie, you give me a goalie that's playing well, I like my chances. So right now, Joey Decord, good for him. His, his dad, Brian Decord, I think is the goaltending coach at, at BU, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, he's been around that for a long time, and Joey dealt with injuries a couple of years ago, and now he's healthy. So, you know, it's a great story, and we'll see if he can keep uh, keep rolling forward here. All right, great job as usual, man. I will talk to you next week. EJ, EJ, wait a minute. Thank you, thank you guys. EJ, well, we have right. to hang on, right, hang on. on. 2026, World Juniors in Minnesota. Uh, Let's do live game misconduct in an intermission. I mean, you're going to be busy, but we'll have to figure it out. Intermission. Yeah. Game is conduct podcast. We'll even get we we'll get we'll get everybody involved. We'll get the whole NHL network crew involved. Me and Don are going to go up. What are your thoughts? All right, hey, listen. Well, you got to you got to get through Ottawa next year, right? That's twenty five. Don loves Canada, and then yes, he does. Big fan. He's very and he's beloved there. I think they have a statue of Don in Ottawa. Is that right? At any rate, (laughs) they uh, they have uh, in Minnesota in twenty six. I think that's awesome. By the way, that it's going to be in. In Minnesota in uh, 2026, that should be quite an event. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a great tournament, so it'll be it's, it'll yeah. be good next year, and then it'll be really the 50th anniversary of the tournament will be in Minnesota, which is really that's, that is uh, awesome. I know the people good. the people up there in the state of hockey will be very very happy. I heard yeah. yes, Don. That's what I heard. Yeah, I definitely did. There you go. Like hey, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I guess you don't have to go far to get me. All so, right, we will talk. We'll talk next week, buddy. All right, you got it, guys. All right, that's EJ Raddick. Joins us every Monday here on Game Misconduct. Four games tonight, Canucks and the Rangers. This should be fun, Anthony. These two teams got together back in October. It was a wild game that was won in overtime. So we'll see what goes on tonight. Vancouver just continues to chug along. They almost blew a huge lead against the Devils, but still won 6-4 to on Saturday. Penguins and the Flyers, the Battle of Pennsylvania. Flyers beat the struggling Calgary Flames, while... Sidney Crosby continues to impress at the game-winning goal on Saturday. What is he having, like 23 goals now? It's ridiculous what he's doing in Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, no, he's pretty impressive. And if the Rangers play like they did against Montreal, this game's going to be 8-2 Vancouver tonight. So I got to tell you, I know that, that it's the kind of game where coaches pull their hair out, but that was a really entertaining game on Saturday. I know the Rangers came up short, but considering they were down 3 nothing to, to, to get out of Montreal with a point was pretty cool. Um, I'm just wondering if the um, – even though I don't think he's played poorly, Anthony – if whether the it's starting to quick is coming back down to earth just a little bit. Um, well, look, we I mean, to- they certainly didn't do him. I, this is so hard to say, Don, because they certainly didn't do him any favors. Um, it was like when Igor was struggling, and you took a look at the defensive zone turnovers that that they had, and you said, well, this is why they're struggling. I mean, uh, but there were there, there was probably a goal or two there that I think Quick would like to have back. Um, well, they're a fun. They're a fun transition type of team. They're not a great team, Montreal, but they've got a lot of skilled players. And if you cough the puck up, they're going to make you pay. And they turn the ball. They turn the puck over a lot, creating a lot of opportunities, leaving quick out to dry. I'm just saying. Now it's been what three straight games without a win for Quick. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. So he's but, not goalie one, is what you're saying. But listen, <laughs> but um, but Montembeau, listen, he stole the show. He made he made 46 saves in 65 minutes. Made all three saves in the shootout, including an incredible save on the Zabanajad Forsberg attempt in the second round. Yeah, it was something which was terrific. Sometimes you just get out goaltendered, and that's what happened. And we'll see what happens against the Canucks. Kind of a weird week for the Rangers. Then they got a couple of days off. St. Louis. And then a home and home against Washington, which means, um, right? That's the, that's a Sunday game is against Washington. That they'll be done with the Capitals before they play the Islanders. That's crazy. We, that is just weird. That's weird, thanks, but. schedule makers. All right, so we'll do this again on Wednesday. I plan on being here. All right, and when we get you involved as well at Don Lagreca at Anthony Pusick hashtag Game Misconduct. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.